0: You're listening to, achten, millwall.
1: Listening to Acton Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Acton Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Acton Millwall, number one Millwall podcast broadcasting around the globe, dear listeners. This is actually edition number two two four, actually two hundred and twenty four editions of Achtung Millwall that we've done one way or the other over time, and also obviously the chat shows, the fan shows that we do as well, so um, it's quite a lot of work one way or the other. Um don't know why it hit me, maybe it's because life is in this kind of strange twilight zone at the moment, but it suddenly hit me. So anyway, this is uh, number 224, I'm not sure what difference that makes to anybody, but I thought I'd just mention it. Um, we're going to do one of our little um random fixture shows. But first, I just wanted to say a few thank yous to um, listeners who have contacted the show. It really really is appreciated. Um, first up, Robert Cox, who's contacted me via the Twitter feed. Um, really nice to hear from you, Robert. I'm just going to read Robert's um, piece that he's written here. Um, he says his first Mill game, he's referring to the eighty-seven, eighty-eight 88 show that we did the other day with uh, Neil Andrews and, and Jimmy Webb uh robert's first game was the last game of the season then he chose a good one there um (laughs) robert the the 4-1 loss um and you attended there as an eight-year-old uh and it was amazing to get a bit of history as to how the season had panned out yeah i mean obviously by that stage as we said the other day the championship was won and um the the, it's basically about the presentation of the trophy that day and and the um the kind of uh celebration so to speak the actual game was was something of a non-event really but that's an interesting game to make your first your first um uh, attendance, really. Um, and then you went to the following game, the every game that season the following, I suppose, and remember being top of the league around Christmas time. Um, yeah, that's right, in the in the first division, of course. Um, I think it was about October, November. We hit the I mean, after the game where we beat QPR 3-2. It was very surreal. Um, we're gonna cover uh, that season another time Trying to line up Murph Payne to um the 88 89 season, so stay tuned, dear listeners, for for that. Um, and but Robert was under the impression poor thing, he would have been about what, eight nine years old at this stage. He's under the impression that this was normal behavior at Mill we to go top of the league. Um, strange thing is, we did go top of the league in both of the seasons that we spent in the top flight. I find that quite odd, you know. Obviously, the first season when things were going quite well, at least for um, three courses of the season, the, the it all went a bit square at the end. Um, and we hit the top you know top position that's one thing but we actually went top briefly in the the following disaster season the relegation season i think it was very early on only about three or four games played but we went top of the league in the in the, both of the both of the seasons we spent in the top flight obviously uh, 88 um, 80, 89 90 was a relegation season but it remains a fact that we topped the league both times we were in the top division so, yeah, going back to Robert, this, this is the beginning of the next 31 years of a lifetime commitment that you signed up for. Um, really kind words about the podcast too. Thank you, Robert. That is much appreciated, mate. Um, stay in touch. Keep in touch with us. I also want to say thank you, Colin, who's emailed Millwall at com. Nice to hear from you, Colin, um, who says that the show keeps you relatively sane, only relatively sane. That's, uh, I think that's probably the most... Um, you know, the, the, the best state of psychological health that any Middle fan can aspire to. Relative sanity through this crisis. It's great to hear all the differing content. Um, Colin's first game was the old den the 70s and continued till 1993. His best player ever was Terry Hurlock, who was the midfield maestro and enforcer. Very uh, true. Um, he remembers when opposing midfielders had the ball and the crowd was saying, Terry's going to get you. And in the main, he did. <laughs> he did. He certainly did. He was. Um, um, we said it a few times. He was. Um, he was a physical presence in the middle of the park. Um, and as we touched on in the in the um, recent show with with Neil and uh, and Jim, um, a far better footballer. That I think probably was given credit for. And I think a lot of that was to do with the fact he was playing for the Lions. Um, we we know how these things work. Um, since then, um, Collins moved to Bournemouth but still gets up to Bermondsey from time to time to meet up with the old mates Um, but for him and I find this this is quite interesting I just want to dwell on this point if I may Colin Um, ever since we left the old den he says I stopped going as a lot of me died when we moved in fairness we had to move but I could not as it was the most intimidating ground ever and so much fun Um, yeah yeah Um, I mean anyone that attended the old ground will have nothing but fond memories of the place um, you know myself included it, it, it remains this kind of um shared collective experience for anyone of a certain age um, we did have to move um, whether we could have redeveloped that site at Colblow Lane in the way that uh, Zampa Road uh, conforms with all of the requirements of the Taylor Report because this was at the end of the 1980s early 1990s uh, and the Taylor Report government report required certain types of facilities at the stadiums, and the, the the headline one being all-seater, but um, I think you had to have access all around the ground, which, of course, Cold Lane didn't, did it? Uh, and so on and so forth. I, I don't know. Um, I suppose anything's possible. When you see what they did with the old site, uh, demolished it all and built very nondescript houses, you know, John Williams Close, I think it's called. Not to knock those places if you live there. Apologies if you do live on the... Um, the site, um, but it's it's just interesting how the football ground now completely obliterated and the site cleared. So probably probably a lot would have been possible. Whether that would have been remained Cold Blow Lane as it as it is in our collective memory or not, or whether you know if it had been completely rebuilt on the site, just the fact that you're on the same site would it have made any difference to anyone? I, I don't know. I don't know. I quite like the new ground to be to be honest. Um, I know what you mean, Colin. I know that. The old place exerts a kind of um, hypnotic charm on us all. But I actually do quite like the new ground. I think when you go to other places, other grounds away, and you go to all these nice, in inverted commas, modern stadiums, you do appreciate what we've got still at the den, even though it's rusting, even though the, the facilities are looking looking uh, old, and even though where I sit is, is afflicted with bird shit, um, which never seems to get cleaned. I don't think anyone ever actually looks at it, I mean, it intrudes on anyone's world, the fact that there's a bird shit where someone sits and pays to sit, but anyway. Um, but anyway, I, I, I still think it's the ultimate theatre for football on its day, as we all know, when the football's going well and it's dark and the the nights are drawing in and we need a goal and the crowd almost draws it into that cold blow lane end, I can't think of a better place that I'd sooner be. So... I take your point, Colin. You can't stop the Wheel of Time, unfortunately, and the uh, cobbling is gone, but it is missed. It is missed. Also, a big thank you to Jim Hackett and to David Collins for, for your emails. I'm going to save those up for another day, chaps, if that's okay, because um, both of you have sent in some fairly good content there, and I'm going to save it up for another day because the point and purpose of today's show is to run the random Fixture Generator. Take it away, Mr. Computer, please. By pressing down the special key, it plays a little melody. Indeed it does, dear listeners. Thank you to Mr. Computer for generating the date of uh, 1946. So I'm recording this on the 29th, is it today? You lose track of what day of the week it is, don't you? In this strange twilight zone. I think it's the 29, but I, I can't check without stopping the recording. I don't want to do that. Anyway, anyway, any road. Um, the nearest fixture I found on the newspaper website that I love is an edition of The People, The Sunday People. And the edition is dated Sunday, March the 24th, 1946, because that is the year that we've generated. And the fixture it reports, Sunday People reports. A Football League South fixture. So, Football League South. The Football League divided into a North section and a South section at this point. The, the war, um, not not even a year um, over um, as this game was, was played. So, it's a fixture between Millwall and Arsenal. It finished as a draw. Millwall won, Arsenal one. Played at cold Blow Lane. The uh, Richard Lindsay history book. Is uh, it doesn't have any detail on the on the, on the team list other than I think Benny Fenton played. That, that's the only name that is confirmed by the Richard Lindsay book. 30,000 at the den for this Football League South fixture. Goals for Mill scored by Brown. Um, a penalty, um, it seems. In fact, I'll read the report. Um, the headline is Waller carried off and then walked back. Uh, Mill won, Arsenal 1. Arsenal were fortunate to save a point for they spent a lot of time on the defence for more than an hour. However, they were a player short. Waller was carried off on a stretcher. It looked a serious case, but to everyone's amazement, he returned to the field. <laughs> it remained only a few minutes, however, before seeking permission to retire. This time he did not come back. So no substitutes back in those far-off days, kids. Um, both teams missed the penalty. And Dennis Compton shot wide for the Arsenal after 10 minutes uh, after Brown had scored for the Lions. Um, was, oh, it sounds like there's a, a missed penalty. Benny Fenton firing straight at Swindon in the, in the game. Dennis Compton played for Arsenal. How about that? I shall have a little look at uh, Dennis Compton after we've done this little section. Um, O'Flanagan took an opportunist chance close to the end. His Arsenal goal some 15 minutes from the end to level the scores. Anderson, new centre forward, worked very hard but had no luck at close quarters, due mainly to the close attention of Bernard Joy, who was an outstanding performer for the Arsenal. Swindon kept an excellent goal, and the forwards would no doubt have done better if they had their full complement. They'd been an 11-man side. Millwall were particularly well served by Broly. I think that was Tom Broly, centre-half. And Sue S-double-O, on his immediate left. I shall have to look him up, maybe another day. Quite apart from scoring such a grand goal, Brown was undoubtedly Mill's best forward, says the uh, the people. So some interesting names there. Tom Brodie for Mill at centre half. Sue is a new one, but I'm gonna save him up for research for another day, I think, because my eye has fallen upon the fact that Dennis Compton played um for the Arsenal.
0: You are listening to achten Millwall.
1: On this day, on this fixture, Dennis Compton, of course, was not only a footballer; he was a major cricket star. I'm just looking at his averages on Wikipedia here. Uh, 78 Test matches for England, 5,800 runs scored, a batting average of 50, 17 fifties, um, uh, 1,700s, excuse me, and 28 fifties. His top score in Test match cricket was 278. But he was also an Arsenal player. This is this is. Um, you don't get it so much. We don't get it at all in the modern game. I, I can remember a bloke called Chris Balderstone who played for Carlisle, and from memory, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think he played for either Northants, Leicester, or Derby. I can't remember which uh, Derbyshire. I can't remember which county he played for. I think it might be Northants, but correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. But this was an era where players could turn their hand to both sports. Um, so Dennis Compton was an English cricketer of huge a huge name and huge repute. 78 test matches, uh, played for Middlesex, but also for Arsenal as an accomplished footballer. And he's a member of the, uh, the ICC Cricket Hall of Fame and a stand at Lord's Cricket Ground are named after Dennis Compton. During the war, he served as a gunner, suitably enough for a, an Arsenal player. And he served in, in India, a place called Mihal in central India. And he played uh, a representative game in India in Calcutta between the Australian services team and East Zone. The match was interrupted by rioting (laughs) when Compton was on 94. And one of the rioters who had invaded the pitch ran up to Dennis Compton and said, Mr. Compton, you're a very good player, but the match must stop now. And this was a phrase that his close friend, the Australian Keith Miller, gleefully recalled whenever Compton went out to bat against the Australians. As a footballer, interestingly, he played as a winger for Arsenal, number 11. Um, he started his footballing career um, in tandem with his with his cricket career, it seems, playing for a non-league side, Nunhead, which would be, I think that is the Nunhead near Peckham. Um, a non-league side who don't seem to exist anymore, so I'm going to have a quick look at them because that fascinates me. I love a bit of non-league football. Nunhead Football Club existed as a... Um, a major um, name in in non-league football prior to the Second World War. They were founded in 1888, nicknamed the Nuns. They played in light blue shirts and white shorts. And they played at Brown's Brown's Ground, also known as Nunhead Sports Ground. The Second World War causing them financial difficulties and they folded shortly after the the conflict was over. Dennis Compton, just to close out on on this section, um, was probably the first... Major sports star. He crossed over two sports, football and and Arsenal. He didn't play for England. He played in some representative fixtures, as we've said during the war. They're not recognised as full England caps, but certainly, um, had there been peace, then um, he would have played for football for England as well as cricket for England. Um, Different different uh, times, and you know, different uh, a different type of sport. But he, he was famous also for becoming one of the first sport styles to endorse a product. He endorsed Brill Cream, he's known as the face of Brill Cream. And he made a substantial living according to, to Wiki. Along alongside Stanley Matthews is also one of the groundbreakers in in that direction. Nineteen forty five, forty six would be a transitional season after the the wartime um, you know, fixtures, very loosely organised with with servicemen in transit, the, they divided the league into two sections: a north section and a south section, designed mainly to alleviate travelling, um, to prevent, you know, unnecessary travelling. Although peace time had come, the nation was still very much in the grip of austerity. Um, you know, the, everything had been committed; everything had been committed to the war effort, and there was very little left in in the bank, so to speak, at the end of at the, the end of the Second World War so very different times when you see the images and pictures of the mill side in those early post-war years they're wearing kit of different designs it basically is whatever shirt they had to hand different uh, some white sleeves some not white sleeves and so on and so forth one interesting um fact about the 45 46 season they did have an fa cup that season it was played the only time it's ever played on a two-legged basis so mill played northampton home and away and beat them 5-2 uh, seven, seven, uh, on aggregate over two legs. And then went out in the um, next round, fourth round, also over two legs. Losing to Aston Villa at home and away. So the only time the FA Cup was played over two legs, 1945-46. So there we are. That's, that's our choice of random fixture this week. Millwall won, Arsenal 1 in the Football League South. 1946, March the 20, 23rd. The newspaper's dated Sunday, March 24th. And it's the people that we're referring to. Just looking at the table, actually, before we close. Uh, Football League South, Millwall are just below halfway in the in the uh, table. Uh, for the lower league clubs, they have a third Division Three South Cup reported here where the team's divided north of the Thames. And south of the Thames, I've never seen that kind of division before. Crystal Palace playing in the south of the, team sec- uh, south of the Thames section against Exeter, I've never seen such a division. Very strange times. Um, as a consequence, obviously of the Second World War, which was uh, you know something, something of an intrusion on the on the sports scene. So there we are. I hope you're enjoying these little short and sharp um, shows. We do have a bit of a A few shows in the can this week and I've got a few calls stacked up so I'm hoping to bring you more content over the week ahead and hopefully into next week too. So if you're enjoying it, do get in touch with us. It's lovely to hear from all the correspondents so far, everyone I've mentioned. Um, If you want to leave us a voicemail message, it'll be great. That's 0208-144-0232. email, which is great too, achdungmilwool at gmail.com or a message on Twitter, at at cbl underscore magazine. Everything is wonderful to hear from you. Uh, Keep in touch, keep your chin up, wash your hands and keep two metres apart. dirty Millwall. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us, let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email Achtung at gmail.com or one word Achtung at gmail.com You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232 That's 0208 144 0232 Leave us a voicemail No human will be involved in the receipt of your message So give us a shout Tell us what you think about all things Millwall and the best messages will be read out on air